0: Adventurer, or send her as a safety zor. I think demented love, the punishment, I can't be sure. But one thing I do know is that the mission here to force to make it laugh so hard that you'll be pissing on your kitchen floor.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Talking Cat, the A Talking Cat podcast that nobody asked for, but we're bringing to you, anyways. I'm your host on this journey, Brian Vaughn, and with me is Zach Powers. Hey, Brian, thank you for having me
2: on the podcast. Oh,
1: thanks for joining me. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, this is uh, uh episode 52 for you. Those of you can score at home, which is minute 51. Through minute fifty-two. Yeah, we uh we uh, start off. Uh, what is it? Tina is uh, uh kind of being a uh, brat. Is that how this scene starts off, or uh, I'm, I'm, my is my memory serves?
2: This is so. At this scene, it's uh it's Susan in the kitchen. I think oh, she's getting yeah. her cheese puffs ready. If I'm uh, not mistaken, these
1: goddamn cheese puffs that we've been hearing about. We we this is actually. This is the scene where we actually see the cheese puffs for the first time. They, they make their appearance.
2: Right, yeah. I mean, after much, much yeah. hype. It's sort of like uh, Harry Lyme in the Third Man. I think, in many cases, this is uh, the Orson Welles yeah. of this film are the cheese puffs.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is, we were, we were waiting for the cheese puffs, and we, we finally catch a glimpse of them for the, the first time in, in many build-up scenes.
2: I mean, granted, I I don't think you ever actually see them. I think they're always covered and in a tray because they didn't have the budget to make actual cheese puffs.
1: You kind of see them a little bit, and I got to tell you, I'm really not that impressed. They were kind of this looked like something that she whipped together. But yeah, you're right. You don't really see a huge spread of cheese puffs. You
2: don't don't get a good cheese puffs money shot in the film at any point. Yeah. All that for nothing. I was not that impressed with what I saw of the cheese puffs at all. Um, But uh, meanwhile, as she's preparing these cheese puffs. Uh, Phil is uh, is is sort of taking his now daily walk. I guess this is his second day in a row taking this walk. Yes, he's like a uh, Kane and Kung
1: Fu on his uh, like a little journey, just to, on a on a vision quest, if you will.
2: Yeah, and and we have the perfunctory uh, overly long establishing shots. Yes, and then and then we cut to Phil, who, who apparently this trip. He's got it down now, because the first day he was sweating, he was wearing, like, hiking gear, like shorts and a loose t-shirt. Right. Now he's kind of well-dressed, you know, no sweat whatsoever. He's just kind of figured it out. Yeah. He knows his way. Yeah, he knows well, these roads like the back of his hand. Yeah,
1: and he knows he's going to run into Susan, uh, I think. He knows, oh. he knows it's the path to her house, so maybe he I assume
2: he's counting on it.
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. He wore that nice button-up shirt. He was, yeah. he was ready for some action.
2: Mhm yeah they really hit it off uh, yeah. on day 1 <laughs> Well they he went in for that glass of water and and she uh she yeah, said they really up- Bond over water. Uh, <laughs> it seems in this film. That's yeah. really they'll always have a glass of water. Yeah, there's there's no budget
1: for whiskey or anything like Oof. that. This is there's no wine budget. There is there is a water budget though.
2: No, they so. couldn't even do like a Capri Sun. It's yeah. just straight straight to water. <laughs> then we see her loading the
1: cheese puffs into the car, and then we get a good shot of Phil. Yeah, and and Phil almost uh Phil almost gets run over.
2: Correct. Which is an establishment for uh, this movie's true antagonist. Uh, it's um, the, the car that goes way too fast <laughs> on their road. Eventually, Duffy will have a, a run-in with this same sort of Hannibal Lecter-esque figure. It's yeah. foreshadowing. I, oh, think, yeah. I think foreshadowing is, is permitted. Exactly. And I gotta tell you, the car was not moving that fast.
1: There was a no. lot of sound effects. And then when you cut to it, it's driving down that little bridge, that little footbridge, maybe five miles an hour.
2: No, the bridge is pretty <laughs> narrow. I feel yeah. like you have to be pretty careful...
1: Just to get through at all exactly you got to exercise caution to drive down it and and then phil jumps off to the side and kind of uh oversells his uh his His reaction (laughs) hair is all disheveled uh it's pretty bad pretty par for the course
2: to be fair phil's hair is never great yeah i would say yeah
1: kind of uh he regains control he fixes his hair and kind of waddles on over to uh to susan Who's outside. concerned? Expresses oh. concern. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was definitely very concerned about him. That damn car goes by too fast. Or what did she say? Yeah, that car, that guy. That drives.
2: car always drives too fast on our road. I believe
1: they need to. Is there any authorities down this on this area, or is it just?
2: It looks pretty rural. Yeah. Um. I mean, we don't get much information about Susan's cooking business, but like, if she were a backroads cannibal, and this was how her business operated, I would not be overly surprised. Yeah, it's... it's... (laughs) Um, yeah, so she's loading up, uh, she's concerned about him, right? He kind of comes over to her
1: and, uh, fixes his hair then. He has the yeah. ultimate icebreaker. So you're a chef? Like, how would he know? She could just be loading in stuff.
2: It's true. They're pretty generic boxes. I mean, it, it doesn't... I mean, I mean, to my recollection, they don't specifically look like they are necessarily foodstuffs. No, no. I mean, she could just be going to a party. She could
1: be yeah. helping somebody. Those can be filled with oh, crack rocks, for all we know. We don't know.
2: Yeah. We don't know what kind yeah, of... Yeah, I mean, that would have been an interesting turn, I'll be honest with you. I kind of want to see that movie. Exactly. But, no, yeah, so he... he but he manages to deduce this. Um, we are led to believe earlier in the movie he's some kind of genius, so we'll just take oh, his well, I mean, word for
1: it. He's a multi-million dollar computer programmer, so he's he's he didn't make his money sitting on his ass knowing nothing. I mean.
2: So she she confirms that she's a caterer. She is, and that she owns her own business.
1: Yes, and we get a nice shot of her company name tag: uh,
2: Susan's Pantry. Country catering. I don't understand her business model very well. I'm going to be honest with you. It seems like she is the only employee. Her, <laughs> her children help her cook everything, like yeah. top to bottom, soup to nuts. It's a family-owned business, but they right. don't seem to go out on the calls with her.
1: Nope. They, so... She steals all the glory. Her name is on the, the, the letterhead, I would assume. She's got her herself a little name tag there. And she's yeah. the face of the company.
2: but And she's operating out of, like, a four-door car with, like, a regular-sized trunk. It's not like a van right, that can right. transport a great deal of food or, like, trays or buffet tables. She
1: just kind of throws it right in the back of the trunk and says, okay, I... Well, when you're only making cheese puffs, I mean it's not as if you're not you're not rolling out uh turkey meals or pans of chicken ale king or whatever the hell people cater yeah, you're not you're not making pulled pork she's just making cheese that seems to be her. Her wheelhouse is, are these damn cheese puffs. These spots. cheese
2: puffs. It's her signature yeah. recipe. I mean, really, she should just sell these cheese puffs exclusively to another distributor. Exactly. Well, as it is, she has this catering company where I guess she goes on these calls, and then catering companies usually also have people to say, serve the food and theoretically drinks, right? <laughs> I so would've... she just... Sort of running back and forth from station to station, (laughs) trying to accommodate everybody.
1: She's not a very good business person. As we learned in the previous scene, she actually is losing money on these cheese puffs. So... (laughs) Not only is she her only employee, but she also has an entirely shitty business model where she absolutely does everything wrong in business. She didn't go to business school, obviously. Like her uh, daughter, does her daughter want to go to business school? Is that
2: I don't. Know. I think she just has general computer savvy. <laughs> she wants to program things. Yeah. She's a she's a regular Mark Zuckerberg yeah, or something. Yeah. She wants to go to business school
1: and she wants to be a computer programmer. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. She's, she's, a... she's
2: obsessed with money. She's a human monster who has no remorse for her brother or, or mother, but... She's a terrible person. I mean, pretty much... But that's neither here nor there, yeah. I guess. <laughs> she really is. She's really terrible to her mother. But yeah, I understand why Susan is failing at, at business. She is... Every aspect of this business does not work. Right. I think she has some kind of emotional problems. I, she is, I don't know how she affords this house, to be frank. I think they just live in this house they found in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> they just squatted. It's
1: actually a summer home for someone who's it was actually long since forgotten. it. And she's just set up camp in there like some uh, some urban squatter. And eventually, the the people that own it are gonna go. Oh yeah, we have this yeah. great summer home. And they're going to come in to find Trevor or whatever the hell his name is. And it Tina. explains
2: why Phil never knew he had neighbors so <laughs> close by. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, we've been here for years. Yeah. Just squatting uh, away. And it's actually a nice, it's a pretty nice cabin she's got
1: it's there. It's not bad. It's not bad. I mean, I would. Was...
2: Oh, man, maybe that's why they leave the doors open all the time. They
1: don't have keys. They, they never had keys made. They, that's how they They just broke in. And they're like, you know what? We, we don't have a key budget. We're actually losing money on these cheese puffs. So let's just go ahead and leave our doors open. No one in this area actually leaves locks or doors.
2: Even even
1: Phil's house, he left his door open, right? Probably. I mean, the back one. Yeah, that's a little trusting. I mean, mean, they're living in the middle of nowhere. You have raccoons,
2: squirrels, cats, cat, a cat. The most surprising (laughs) of all. I'm thinking that's kind of. I don't know if there's much left to this minute. Yeah,
1: this is a really kind of funny minute because a lot of action. I mean, action in the sense that Phil almost gets run over, but other than that, it it kind of just it almost goes nowhere. (laughs) Like you know, I th- this movie. think it, I
2: think this minute really just sets up a lot of the trouble that these characters are going to have to deal with, the trials they're going to have to overcome in the future. Trials over cheese puffs. Trials oh, yes. over the guy who drives too fast on their road. Yes, this kind of sets up a lot of a lot
1: of things actually. So this is kind of the, uh, the 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 peak moment in the film, and then we got about a half hour of nothingness. And when this is your peak moment in the film, you know you have a really really. Boring film,
2: you know. But that's the sign of a good script—something that can set it up and pay it off. <laughs> I mean, Chekhov would just—he would love this minute. Oh, I this mean, is yeah. Chekhov's minute exactly. of a talking cat.
1: It, well, we've we've had all the setups here that are foreshadowing a lot of lot of things. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, this yeah. has been the minute of uh, fifty one to fifty two. Pretty exciting. Fifty one
2: to fifty two. Yeah. This this is this is the moment in the movie where things have been going well for Duffy. And I think if you guys stay tuned for the next few minutes, you're going to find that things are about to fall apart oh. in a big way. Duffy's world is going to come collapsing down. Yeah. But we don't want to say yeah. too much. No, 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 no. You'll have to listen to find out what happens uh, or watch this relatively short movie. But I suggest you listen uh, as it is much less painful. Well,
1: that's, that's pretty much it. So um, we want to thank you guys for listening. Yep thank you Uh, and did you like what you hear here you can stay up to date with us by liking us on Facebook go to facebook.com slash a talking cast kind of hit that little thumbs up button and you know what if I have to explain how to like something on Facebook I'm probably talking to the wrong crowd Uh, but you can also follow us on Twitter at at a talking cast thanks for listening
2: thanks Thanks. minute by minute so they'll be diving in to shed some clarity on this hilariously failed attempt. So grab a friend and crack a beer with them and listen in. A talking cast is about to begin. It's
0: a that was episode 52 of A Talking Cast. Your host was Brian Vaughn, with guest. Zach Powers. Edited by Darren Husted. Music by Casey Trimble. Voiceover by John Kovaleski. Artwork by Josh Hollis. Executive producers Sarah Cantor and Darren Husted. Copyright 2015. All rights reserved. This podcast is not affiliated with Rapid Heart Productions. A Talking Cat is owned by Rapid Heart Productions. No infringement is intended. In loving memory of Jaden Holmes.